four drink think tank. We might not have any actual credentials or any real experience. In fact, we're not even scientists at all. But with questionable quantity of drinks in us and some raw brain power, we're ready to tackle the most complex mysteries of the universe. So sit back, grab your favorite libation, and prepare to witness the magic that can happen when two semi-sober pseudoscientists tackle the biggest questions of our time. Welcome to the Four Drink Think Tank. Who are we? I'm the chief idea alchemist, Chad. I'm the master of myth-making today, Kenny. And today's topic is randomness, and we will be using our new idea roulette generator to help us generate some new ideas. Well, let's randomly uh, take a shot right now. Yeah, what did the idea generator assign us for a shot this week? The random idea generator assigned us a random shot of ice water. Is it ice water? It doesn't smell like it. No, it's tequila. Ah, yes, tequila. Tequila. Cheers to that. Oof. Oof is right. Goodness gracious. Our sponsor this week is the Chaos Alarm Clock. Are you tired of waking up to the same boring alarm every day? Say hello to the Chaos Alarm Clock. Our patented technology generates truly random wake-up times. Will it be 5 a.m.? Will it be noon? Who knows? It's like playing Russian roulette with your schedule. And the best part? Our snooze button is totally unpredictable. It could be 5 minutes, 50 minutes, or 5 hours. Who needs structure when you have chaos? But don't worry, you can still set the range of time you want to wake up within. And if you're feeling extra wild, you can set it to vibrate, play different sounds, flash different lights. The possibilities are endless. Studies show that chaos leads to creativity and production. So you can tell your boss that being late is actually a good thing. Just don't blame us when you get fired. Order now and receive a free set of earplugs for your roommates or significant other. Because they might not be as thrilled about the chaos as you are. Chaos Alarm Clock. Waking you up one unpredictable morning at a time. Use offer code hashtag 4DTT at checkout to save maybe 25%, maybe not. Warning, by purchasing the Chaos Alarm Clock, you agree to forfeit control over your morning routine and embrace unpredictable nature of chaos. Side effects may include increased creativity, productivity, and irrational desire to play Russian roulette with other aspects of your life. So our idea roulette algorithm has generated that our second shot will be none other than Fireball Whiskey. What a deal. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Mmm, delicious. Burns like hell, tastes like heaven. And it's iced, too. I think that's their slogan, anyway. Alrighty, well, on to our first topic here. Let's talk about what randomness is, right? So we've perfected this new idea generator, or excuse me, idea roulette algorithm, version 1.0, and we are using it to help us develop new ideas. But what is randomness? How do we, how do we get this so that we can use it to harness it for the good of developing ideas and, and products? So, in a nutshell, randomness is just how surprising the information that you just received would be. Squirrel. Squirrel is right. <laughs> it's surprising because you don't expect the squirrel and then all of a sudden the squirrel is there. Uh, so the classic example is when you flip a coin, right? You got heads or tails. You don't know what it's going to be till you flip it. It's 50-50. Um, 49.9999999. The... Right. I mean, it could be either or, right? You don't right. know until you flip like a billion times. So... What you would say is that each time you flip a coin, you get, you know, a certain amount of information about what that would be. And it, you know, if you set it on a scale between one and zero, which is common, 0.5 is the amount of information you get per coin flip. And it's kind of interesting because we actually have ways to compute how surprising 
something is, and it's very closely tied to how much information is in a thing, right? Hmm. Yeah. So Com- like computing the unexpected. Basically. And, and where this actually has an application then is when you start talking about things that you want to like compress or send, right? So like pictures are often compressed and um, by compressing them, we save a lot of a lot of space because the actual just raw pixels themselves take up quite a bit of space. But if you've ever opened a JPEG file, that is compressed by quite a bit and it still looks good. Like you can't really tell it's compressed unless it's, you know, some shitty web JPEG and not very good resolution. But let's get some context here, right? So if you were to take a book, for example, and you compress it, or you try to figure out how much information is in it, which is kind of one and the same, what you find out is like human speech is not very uh, information dense. If you're looking on that metric between zero and one, you might get like a 0.2 or like 20% of the letters that you get are actual information. And this makes a lot of sense because if you've ever gotten a text that's just gibberish, (laughs) but you can still kind of make out what the person was trying to say, that's why. There's a lot of redundant features in speech and text. (laughs) But for example, if you take that, you know, text file or that book you just had and you put it in a zip file, it gets a lot smaller. And the reason for that is the compression is able to figure out what's information and what's extra and scrunch it down to only the bare necessity. So to summarize this thought, all of the 2010s teens, aka you millennials out there, are just absolutely wrecked to find out that being random is actually not that random. (laughs) That's sad. It is very sad. I don't want to be random. Right. Being random is cool, except it's just being surprising and trying to pick what nobody's expecting. Right. So on that note, we've developed this algorithm for our idea roulette generator to help us develop new ideas to research and new topics and to talk about and new products to investigate. And we're going to demo that for the first time here. Yeah, our investors wanted us to come up with uh, some new products, some new ideas, something they can throw some money at. (laughs) Right. And let me just tell you, we are flush with money. We know some VCs and they will throw money at dirt if you could spin it a certain way. So it's like the opposite of Shark Tank where they just give us the money and we come up with the idea. Yeah, you pretty much just walk in and say scientific terms and they throw money at you like you're at a strip club. <laughs> scientific strippers. What a random thought. <laughs> mm, sounds like a great topic for a future endeavor. And on that note, should we lead into our third shot and fire up the idea roulette algorithm? Yeah, let's take a short little pause here and fire up the algorithm. Alrighty here. Algorithm has the first result for us, and it is an intriguing jail. What would an intriguing jail mean to you? Intriguing jail. So it's like an interesting jail? Like you want to go to this jail? That could be. Or is it maybe like horny jail where you get sent there after you've been intrigued? <laughs> you send too many dick pics, you get sent to horny jail. You get too intriguing, you get to intrigue jail? Intriguing jail? This is <laughs> I don't know. Who would you send there? Like who's somebody that like... It's too many ideas. You go to jail. Mm. Oh, that'd be us? We're stuck in jail. Yeah, we get sent to the intrigued jail. Intriguing jail. Do you think they have cable TV there? Or like writers, would they get sent there then? Mmm, yes. That's a good point. Novelists. Uh, Movie script producers. People with ADHD. If you have ADHD, you go to intriguing jail. Intriguing jail would actually be a really interesting place to be. 
I would probably be uh, like at least amused for the first week there. Right, the people that you would talk to there, it's, it would make your time worthwhile. I so wonder how long do you spend in the intriguing jail? I was just wondering that. Like, what is your <laughs> sentence in intriguing jail? Is it is it just till you get a good idea and then you get out, or is it because you've had too many ideas and yeah, until you're bored, you have to have a horrible idea and then you you get kicked out? Well, well that might be e- too easy though. I you know you could take a dystopian spin on this and be like <laughs> 1984 where it's the thought police show up and they throw you in intrigue jail because you are thinking of too many new ideas. This guy hasn't talking for 24 straight hours. He's released. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? I don't know that we're going to get funding for this. We don't usually like to send people who have good ideas to jail in America. No, that's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. Okay, another uh, generated idea from the algorithm is last language. What is the last language that will ever be? Yeah, was that... I'm assuming they're talking, or they'd be talking about uh, whatever language becomes our the predominant language in the world, or uh, no other languages exist anymore. Would that be like if everybody finally just learned ling- English, which is converge right. on it? English is the most common by quite a long shot, I believe now. Well, let's look at this. I think that the stats show that uh, most of the English speakers live in like China or India, but I mean, if you want to talk about fluent English speakers, it's probably the largest worldwide but it doesn't mean to say that that's the last language right like it could evolve a little bit right if you start combining languages make a well i don't think that'll ever happen because then somebody would be losing half of their language well it's kind of interesting though right so if you look at the history of the english language it's the best analogy i heard is that it's really three languages in one and the process to get to english as we speak today was simplifying the grammar and just adding more vocab words so we so english actually has more vocabulary than most languages like more than all of the predominant languages out there so it's easier to speak and then the other cool thing about english is that because we have greek and latin roots and we make new words with greek and latin which are dead languages it's easier for us to make new words that make sense so like other languages don't have that ability so if you're speaking Chinese, for example, since there's a lot of symbols there, it's tougher to invent a new symbol and a new word. So that's why English often is is a language used for technical topics, because if you need to make a new word, there's sort of an algorithm already there for it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But if you want to take this out further, right, um, some people, oh gosh, probably around 1900, late 1800s, tried to make a new language they called an auxiliary language, so designed language, called Esperanto. Esperanto. Yeah. I feel like I heard of this uh, years ago, and I don't remember what happened to it. You know, at one point, there were actually quite a few speakers, and they were trying to promote it. And it's a similar idea to English, where I think it has a Latin root, if I remember right. And it is designed to be easy to learn, but it never really picked up. The problem with this is, is you've got to force it, and... It's just not natural. Languages sort of evolve over time with people. Right, yeah. But let's say we take this out further, right? Like, let's go out a couple hundred years. I mean, is there an optimal language to speak to help convey ideas, right? Hmm. Is it just like sending thoughts? Is that the last language? Ooh, so we start getting into... We get chips implanted in our brains, and we can think thoughts to each other. That seems like the last language to me. And then in with... 
this communication, wouldn't it just interpret the other person's whatever they're speaking into your whatever language you think in? Right, because like the base thought gets translated into a language and then you say those words. But So then that algorithm in that, that whatever implants in your brain, that algorithm would then be the last language. I would think so. Yeah. The last language, the brain language. Right. Is really what it is. The brain language. A language of thoughts. I don't That's... know that we're going to be able to monetize that. <laughs> well, first we needed everybody to get a chip implanted in their brain, so. That seems a little dicey. <clears throat> Do your part. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> don't put the chip in my brain. But I want to see in 4D. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool, but. The problem is, is when you're walking down the street and you haven't paid your bill for your subscription to your chip and they inject an ad into your brain while you're trying to drive oh, and you crash into a street sign. Have you seen that Black Mirror episode about ads just taking over everything? The so you, yeah, you basically have to spend money to stop getting ads. That sounds like it's a normal hell. subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was an entire South Park season about people not being able to determine who was, who were the ads. And some people were literally ads. <laughs> right. Probably not an idea we want to roll with. Interesting topics here. All right, running the generator again, and we have filthy peppermint. <laughs> filthy peppermint. Oh, uh, when I think of filthy, pe- <laughs> well, I think of a peppermint. I'm like, you finish up at a restaurant and they have a little peppermint dish on your way out that you can grab one, pop it in your mouth for fresh breath. But if it's a filthy peppermint, right? Like, I mean, isn't peppermint the flavor of toothpaste? Like, right. You're supposed to feel clean after that. Yeah, clean it. Breath smells good. I mean, what would, how would you dirty a peppermint? Maybe like <laughs> peppermint chocolate or something? Hmm. I guess you could interpret that as a filthy peppermint. It's kind of a dirty peppermint. I mean, if you dropped it in literally the dirt, it would be a filthy peppermint. I don't really want to eat dirt while I'm having peppermint flavor. No. But peppermint flavored dirt is an interesting concept. What if there was peppermint flavored condoms? Ooh. That's a filthy peppermint. That is almost certainly something that exists already. That has to exist. What is it, Rule 34? Rule 34, which if it doesn't exist, then we have to start selling them. So that could be a problem. Yeah, no, it might be a good investment. Good idea for investors. Freshen your breath. (laughs) (laughs) Eat a dick. (laughs) (laughs) That was a random idea. I don't know that we're going to be able to get rich off that, but it is something. Right. Ooh, running the generator now, and we have another idea, which is bouncy eggs. Bouncy eggs. Yeah, normally you drop an egg and it just cracks, and it makes a big mess. Splats everywhere, and then you feel bad because you just wasted like $55 on that one egg. So how do we improve the technology of an egg shell itself? Like change the biology of an egg shell to make it bouncy so it's not fragile anymore. That's a good question. I mean, eggs are pretty well optimized for not breaking if you squeeze them right. Right. Like, have you ever s- grabbed an egg um, around the short uh, like diameter of the egg and tried to crush it? Right. Yeah. If you try to squeeze it, I guess the long way. Yeah, you can't break it. Yeah. If I don't know anybody that can. If you're listening to this now, go grab an egg and try to break it. Like you physically can't if you grab it the right way and you squeeze on it. Like if you grab that pointy end kind of and then the opposite end of that and try to just squeeze those ends in your bare hand, you You, won't break it. You cannot break that egg. Or if you can, please send us a message on our uh, social media. I want to meet you. Right. You have grip strength. Uh, That is incredible. (laughs) So maybe there's something uh, we need to change the chemistry of a chicken. So that their eggs become bouncy. 
How would you crack the egg then? Oh, well, a knife. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so every omelet turns into a violent endeavor to crack that egg open. <laughs> you have a hammer just beating the crap out of it. Why are my eggs yeah, bouncy like concrete? Yeah. That seems like that would be tough to... You mop. almost need to like drill a hole in it. And then the the problem is is the uh, the people who are already like selling eggs like they're heavily invested in the you know the cartons so then the carton industry is going to come after us. Why do they make such a fragile the fragility of the egg is why do they put them in such a weak cardboard recycled carton? I think it's to absorb the like crash or like any force on it. But like there's still a good chance you're going to get a cracked egg. Yeah, I guess there's not really a better we you could make like a plastic egg carton, but it be such a waste of plastic yeah i mean there's the styrofoam ones and they're also weak but that's maybe, why that's why the egg itself needs to be bouncy so that the container doesn't matter unless you made like a reusable carton but that's then a lot of waste if right? you have if you have bouncy eggs you could put you could have a bag of eggs literally a bag of eggs <laughs> it just sounds fun bag of egg well we'll have to ask our uh, genetic engineering department if they can whip something up yeah we'll bring it up at the board meeting the board meeting yes okay the algorithm this time has generated frantic cattle. Oh. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I so, just immediately with that, I pictured like a post-apocalyptic world or like a zombie apocalypse, but with frantic cattle, just like a B-rate movie of frantic cattle taking over the world and people are running away trying to escape them. Like Sharknado, but <laughs> in West Texas and the cattle are just out of control. <laughs> that would be, a, I would watch that movie just to how ridiculous it is. And I bet, like, with those, with that movie, all the cattle would have horns, even though that doesn't make any sense, because only the bulls are supposed to have that. And they would just be, like, maiming people. Right. All the cattle go through a genetic mutation where they get horns, and they get frantic. And they get bulletproof skin, because this is Texas, after all. (laughs) Bulletproof horned cattle? Oh, my gosh. That naturally produce cocaine, so they're just, like, (laughs) on edge all the time. How do you stop them? You can't. (laughs) That's terrifying. I don't know how we're going to monetize that. I don't feel like people are going to watch that movie. Well, what could what animal could stop them at that point? Hmm, a bear? A, a ba- the cocaine bear. The cocaine bear could do it. I mean, there's maybe something to that, like the fight out is between bears that we, you know, train and then coke up and then send to fight the cattle. Oh, now I just pictured weaponized bears. Oh, I mean, isn't there that we joke? implant something in their brain and then they so we can control them and they become weapons? This sounds like something that would happen in Russia now. Like the bears would come from Russia. <laughs> yeah. They have a bear army. Come with like heat-seeking missiles. Launchers attached to them. Comrade Bear reporting for duty. One of their eyes is replaced with just like a computer. Cybernetic yeah. cocaine bear. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. What a great idea. Well, let's uh, random generate another shot here. All right. Beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop. And looks like this shot is... A reappearing guest of Dubliner Honeycomb. Delicious as always. Classic. So smooth. That is delicious stuff. All right, the algorithm has generated... Wow, this is a doozy. (laughs) Chad, how do you feel about meaty rain? Meaty rain? What's that? (laughs) I don't know. Is that like it rains steak and jerky one day? Maybe this is how we defeat the cattle. (laughs) Was it frantic cattle? Yeah. This is how we defeat the frantic cattle. We blow them up somehow, and it's meaty rain. You know, the idea that came to mind when I first read this was um, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Oh, yeah. It's like raining food. It's just yeah. like raining meatballs. Meaty rain. Yeah, it'd be raining meatballs. 
which was one of my favorite books as a kid. I only ever saw the movie, and it was interesting. I mean, I feel like this is the way to end world hunger. You just go to somewhere people are starving, and you trigger some meaty rain. Oh, we implant. Or we somehow we... What would that be? Terraforming the clouds? To rain Not meat? Not terraforming. Well, we alter the clouds to produce meat, edible meat, and then rain it down. That sounds delicious. That's how we solve world hunger. I think this sounds great, but technically difficult to implement. Very, very difficult. In fact, I I'm, I'm the, not even sure where you would begin. Yeah, the mass of the meat would be too much for a cloud to hold. But damn, meatballs on demand? Oh, what if the drops of rainwater, like all the droplets of water, are like contain meat? Like protein shake? Yeah, yeah it's like protein raining, shake. a raining protein shake. So you just collect the rain in buckets and drink it everybody's getting swole whether you want to or not okay but if it tastes like meat when like if you're drinking rainwater and it tastes like meat i can't imagine that would be pleasant (laughs) yeah i mean you might need a little bit of flavor in there (laughs) yeah not meat i guess it'd be like drinking a bone broth right it rains but bone bone broth all right now we're on to something (laughs) this might be doable i don't know how we do it but we're on to something we've got people for this yeah we'll send this to the science department science department that's not what they're called but it's something like that all right running the algorithm again and we've got smiling water (laughs) does the water have a consciousness and feelings now apparently it does and it's happy (laughs) to see you why would the water be happy at us though because it wants to be consumed all all we do is pollute it well not in the bottled water and then we clean it back up and drink it and flush it down the toilet only to pollute it again just to pollute it again (laughs) I picture this as a brand, right? Like, just, like, an emoji smile. Really happy. Um, like, drinking, looking at the bottle as you drink it makes you happier. Some oh, small amount. That's interesting. That's actually a really good idea. Create a brand of water bottles that makes you happy. Makes the world a better place. Yeah, it's secretly injecting antidepressants into your water. <laughs> you just don't know about it. The water's got chlorine in it. You can't drink it. Yeah, the water's got LSD in it now. You can't drink it. <laughs> oh, that water would make you smile. You would Maybe. smile. Maybe. Or, you, or you'd have a nightmares. <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, the water's laced with some drug that makes you happy. I feel like this would be a um, thing that would get us in trouble with the federal government. Yeah, I don't think it'd be FDA approved. They would definitely come after us. Although, it's interesting because for a while there was a trend... Of course, out in California for raw water. Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. So they would literally, well, supposedly they were supposed to go find spring water, not treat it in any way, and then um, bottle it up and give it to people. But what they found is that they were basically taking semi-polluted water and putting it in bottles and selling it to people with too much money to buy. And um, some people got sick and died. Interesting enough. Yeah, it's weird the amount of different water bottles, water manufacturers that are out there where they find spring waters or half of them are just tap water rebottled. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could maybe do a brand where we go find like, you know, free range organically sourced water. We need to find, yeah, we need to source our water from somewhere that has happy water that has some untraceable drug in it that alters your brain into being happy and you smile. Or maybe you're not, maybe you're just <laughs> stuck with a smile on your face for like hours after the fact. So after it's you drink it. Perma smile, but you're actually depressed inside. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I can't stop smiling. Yeah, I don't like this. Okay, no, the water would have to actually make you happy and make you smile. But it's going to be some untraceable 
whatever drug or chemical in there that makes you happy. So I don't know where we source this, but... We're going to have to invent a new drug for this, which is probably not ideal. Well, that's why we got to find... Yeah, I guess we would have to invent a new drug, probably. Maybe there's some, like, pocket of the ocean that's got some chemicals that we don't even know about. That is just happy water. Yeah, and it comes water. from, like, some super deep-watered fish just pooping everywhere. This goes back to our uh, cattle premise where <laughs> frantic it's cattle frantic cattle yeah i'm not sure that we can monetize this although a brand that just had a smiley face on it i feel like we could do you know this this uh think tank to think of think tank ideas uh, we, had, we don't have really much in the monetizing department yet <laughs> well we're only like four ideas in that's true let's see what else we got all right so uh, in the interest of monetizing an idea here or something for our investors to at least throw money at us for We'll run another algorithm, and we have Conscious Plant. Ooh, speaking of throwing money at dirt. <laughs> throwing money at dirt. This uh, immediately makes me think of, like, the movie The Happening. I don't know that the trees there are conscious necessarily, though. Hmm. Where humans are destructive and killing plants across the world, so plants fight back and <laughs> emit, a, I guess, a pheromone in the air that makes people kill themselves. That's the gist of the movie. That um, probably isn't monetizable, but the idea behind that, uh, no, conscious I, plants. I mean, can you imagine to to be able to like hear those plants speak as you were harvesting a field of wheat? Like it be, literally would be a genocide. Yeah, they would be upset about it, I imagine. However, if you had plants in your house, like house plants, and they were... Um, or would they be happy to be, you know, you'd be useful? Like a me-seek. Yeah, <laughs> there we are in the me-seeks again, yeah. Like, they know that their goal in life is to be a perfect edible plant, so they're just happy when they get harvested. Yay, I'm being killed. You picked me. You picked... Yeah, yeah, actually, that's the way to phrase it. You picked me. You picked me. You're going to eat me. You make me into donut. (laughs) You make me into pasta. Pasta. I mean, I could see that. That that would definitely help people. Um, I guess there aren't... You know, you have vegetarians. You don't have people who avoid plants, though, for eating, because that doesn't leave a lot in your, um, your diet, but... Yeah, how about like the tree that lives in uh, in your yard that's been just growing for generation after generation, hundreds of years old? It's just like it's fuck just, you, Karen. Water me more. Yeah, it's like an old, like an old crabby grandpa plant. Oh, I've seen thousands of people die in this house, and you don't even mow the grass that often. Not thousands. I don't think houses are thousands upon thousands of years old. At least tens of people. Yeah. That'd be kind of interesting, like a wise old tree. Yeah. Just, like, come out and tell you, like, back in my day when I was a spruceling, we had ten feet of snow, and I had to grow through all of it. Don't you be bringing around that elm virus now. Yeah, them elm trees ain't no good. I hear that elm virus has been killing up the neighborhood. It got my buddy Frank last week. Frank is dead. I've known him for 238 (laughs) years. (laughs) I feel like we just described a racist plant, actually. (laughs) Okay. Don't you uh, plant any of them poplars around here. They ain't good people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Them damn pine trees infesting the world. They just good for limb, uh, you know, cutting down timber. (laughs) It would be interesting to have conversations with plants. I don't know what they if they'd have a lot to say. I'd just be like, this soil sucks. What do you also, want me to do? Depending on how conscious they are, they would also probably be very upset that they cannot move. And then they, all they do is see animals moving constantly, but they're stuck in one place forever. 
And then they're pissed that you're not stopping the rabbits from chewing on them. Yeah, the rabbits are the um, what are the insects that eat them out. Oh, the beetles. Yeah, the beetles and the... Moral of the story is we don't even know what normal consciousness is in animals. How are we going to build this in plants? Right, yeah. Uh, how many animals have consciousness, side note? That is a great question. I know that we do, dolphins do. That's a tough question to answer because... So, they have this test for this that is... Mm, it, it's like kind of good but kind of not so it's the mirror test right so the classic one is to uh do this on a monkey where you take like a red sharpie or something and you you, you color on their their face and then when the the monkeys look in the mirror if they've seen themselves in the mirror a few times they'll see the red dot and they'll be kind of confused by it and they'll try to rub it off of course it's sharpie it doesn't come off easily but they at least recognize that their own face has been you know, changed in some way. Mm-hmm. And the, the thought is that as a monkey or as just an entity, if you recognize your own face and you recognize that it has changed, you're probably conscious or at least sentient to some degree. Um, but there's some controversy around that because dogs don't seem to exhibit this behavior. But the interesting thing about dogs is they probably don't care as much about their like facial aesthetics because they're animals that don't have the greatest sight and they're slightly colorblind they only have one color receptor i think maybe two so you know the color on their face may not be as impactful to them Hmm. and you might argue that a dog is conscious due to its behavior right it seems like it suffers yeah they definitely seem conscious there's a lot of animals that kind of seem conscious then here's here's the weird one is that there's a study with rats where they were um testing to see how long they would swim till they oh, like gave up and drowned yeah yeah so like if you train rats to be able to like tread water for a long time they'll tread water for a long time and try to avoid like drowning but if you just take a able-bodied rat and you throw it in water and you don't train it to like tread water or anything it gives up at some point and just like chooses to drown even though it has the ability to keep swimming yeah what did they do to the there's some, what did they do to the rats I forgot what the study's main goal was. They found something where the rat could swim like 10 times as long without giving up. Oh, that's a good question. So it was hope that the rats, or hope is what uh, helped the rats swim longer and longer. So the experiment, they put rats into buckets of water, and then when they were about to drown, this guy would reach in and save them. So now the next time that he put them into the water, they would swim just until their bodies literally couldn't swim anymore because they had hope that they would get saved again. Which is supposedly some some idea that they might have consciousness, right? Right. But, like, what... Okay, so let's assume for a second that the rats are, are sentient, conscious entities. Do they have it to the same degree we would, right? Like, I feel like if you... You know, we've got this giant brain compared to the rat, and they have to have just, like, low-res, low-quality consciousness, if anything, where it's, like five pixels or something and right yeah it's like it's five pixels versus a 4k tv right where we're like you know if we feel pain it's excruciating but if they feel pain it's like you know stubbing your toe or something well i think that gets into pain recessors sure but if you don't have the brain cells to experience the consciousness yeah if you can't if your brain isn't powerful enough to support more you know recessors and stuff throughout your body Hmm. Yeah, that gets into like, so consciousness, sentience. I mean, it's like there's different levels of it then at that point. I would think, right? Right. So like rats would be 
uh, you could say conscious, at least I believe so. But yeah, that's at an entirely different level than say us or even even a monkey, you know? Right. Like monkeys and dolphins definitely seem like they're higher up there. And it, it feels like a dog would be too, but definitely the rat is in a different category. I wish we could develop a way to speak with dolphins. You know, I heard of an experiment where they were trying to translate some of their clicks and squeaks and things and had some results with that. Um, but it's not, it seems like they just have like very basic words for things or like clicks. But one thing that they did find, and I think this extends to whales too, is that there is um, like these animals have names. They will name each other, so to speak, with like their, you know, their high pitched squeaks and that's how they can like signal each other. And apparently they have some sort of name for humans. I don't know if it's unique or if it's, you know, just human in general is this thing between a pack. But um, they have found that when researchers will go down and try to play with the dolphins and hang out with them, the, the dolphins will try to initiate contact with the humans by calling their names, quote unquote. And we don't listen very well because we can't hear that. But Right, yeah, we, don't, we can't hear the same frequencies that they can. But we can use technology to try to do that. Yep. But fun thing about dolphins, they are kind of quirky little animals, and they will flirt with humans of the opposite gender of themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they're picking up on pheromones or what, but they try to like kind of be cheeky about it, and they'll come up to you and put their nose on you and buzz you. Did you ever hear about that scientist lady? It was a lady. Oh, yes. That uh, she was researching dolphins. And there was this one that she was essentially friends with. But whatever she was researching, it would get, like, she would have days where it just, she wasn't getting anywhere, making any progress. So she would help sexually finish off the dolphin. It was a male dolphin. And she would help it finish off and then continue on with her research. Yes. Didn't her research get, like, shut down because uh, they found some, well, quote-unquote, unethical practices (laughs) with the the dolphins? Yep. But, I mean, it's funny because it... Supposedly she was doing like really good research. She's making good progress. Um, yeah, but got shut down for unethical reasons. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to clear your mind and sometimes there's only one way to do that. Right. Yeah. But I, I think also they got in trouble for giving the dolphins LSD, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I could maybe see where they would be coming from there. Which there's no point in doing that until we can understand dolphins. Then maybe try that. Which part? Giving them LSD or jacking them off? <laughs> giving them LSD. At least wait till like we can communicate with them and then explain what it is and ask them if they want it. That would be the right way to approach that. What if their vocabulary only has like 25 words? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, right. Two most important words. Yeah. Hmm. Well, should we run the generator again? Yeah, let's generate a shot. I think that's what it's going to tell us to do. And ho oh, ho, what do you know? Another shot. Oh, shit. What is this shot, though? It's very green. It is very green. It is sour apple pucker. That's interesting. Why did you pick that, Jen? Weird. It's going to be sugary or sweet. Mmm, glucose. Very smooth, though. Yes, very smooth. All right, let's run the generator again. See, hopefully we don't get another shot. (laughs) You take another shot. No. (laughs) Overtime. Overtime shot. Alrighty, well, let's run the generator again, and we (laughs) have, we have acid plane. (laughs) Acid plane? You thought snakes on a plane was bad. Wait till everybody's on acid on the plane. 
Oh, okay. So is this where I have two different scenarios here? First scenario. Hit me. You get on the plane. The minute you step on the plane, you know, they hand you the, um, during COVID times, they hand you a hand sanitizer wipe. Mm-hmm. But this time they hand you acid. Yes, and you have to take it. Yep, you have to ingest acid the moment you step on this plane. So second, this <laughs> second scenario <laughs> is acid is released through the air into the plane. So you're forced to breathe acid air. Are you talking like acidic acid where it burns your lungs? or no. Like? <laughs> no, 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 like LSD acid. Yeah, I mean, I think either one is going to be a, quite the flight. You're getting yeah, I mean, high regardless. Yeah, either way, if you're consuming LSD well on a plane, I can imagine that would be quite the plane ride i have to imagine a lot of passengers would be looking out the window the whole time yeah or a little bit of turbulence people would just start having nightmares and just start screaming freaking out which <gasps> it doesn't help in your second scenario because everybody including the pilots is on acid oh no so. the second scenario would be bad yeah that wouldn't work with the pilots i mean maybe it'd be all right because like planes almost fly themselves depending right. on the plane it's yeah. the landing that can get tricky so as long as you're landing in good weather you probably won't die yeah, that's true. I feel like this would definitely be hard to get through the FDA oh or the FAA. Gosh. Like, hey, we want our pilots to be completely Wow, this will be like a whole new airline where you're choosing to do Acid this. air? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to travel somewhere for 18 hours and have a really good time? Great Fly time. acid air. Yeah. With uh, every ticket comes a free tab or two of acid, <laughs> courtesy of the airline. Right. Not only are you going to fly to a new destination, you are going to teleport through space and time and yeah, end up in a new place <laughs> in the interdimensional space. If it's more than an eight-hour flight, they give you a second tab. Oh, God. <laughs> nobody sleeps for yeah, days. Yeah, nobody's sleeping. You're just tweaking out. <laughs> oh. Okay, l- let's let's uh, mix this up a little bit. So, instead of acid, what other drugs might uh, increase your enjoyment on the airplane? Mm, probably not cocaine. Yeah, I feel like that would lead to a lot of fights. Yeah. But, I mean, if you had, like, a marijuana plane, Mary Jane plane. Like a like a flight box air or something? Hot box air? Yeah. Welcome to hot box air. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and hot box air with us. Okay, but do that with, like, a Calif- uh, Colorado stoner accent. <laughs> what does a Colorado stoner accent? Yeah, bro. Welcome to hot box air. I just got out my Subaru in the parking lot here. <laughs> Hopping on my hot box air, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta tell us the weather where we're landing. Because we don't know it based on our, you know, phones. The weather where we're landing looks like a warm, sunny, doesn't even matter. We're hotboxing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would cure a lot of people of their flight anxiety. Yeah, definitely would. Yeah. I hate that moment when you're on a plane and there's like a little bit of a turbulence and you just hear people gasp just... <gasps> Right? That's terrible. Like, like t- I wasn't, I didn't have any anxiety before, and then you, a bunch of people do that, I'm like, alright, now I'm a little bit anxious. Well, and I'm not as concerned on an airplane when we have turbulence and we're at, you know, a very high altitude, because I know there's a long time to recover if we, like, oh, yeah. lose some altitude. It's, a, it's at landing. It's like, this is where things are going to go wrong. Yeah, landing la- and take off. Landing is the most dangerous part of a flight. Right and rapid deceleration but by the time you were landing everybody'd be so chill on that aircraft it's not the fall that kills you it's the rapid deceleration yep (laughs) maybe don't say that on hotbox air no we're all gonna die what what other drugs could we give people on an airplane 
Heroin would probably chill everyone out. Oh, man. I don't think we should, in, you know, inject that into the air because that would cause the pilot to fall asleep. Mushrooms maybe. could be a good one in an airplane. Yeah, that that's in the similar vein as giving everyone acid on the plane. Right, yeah, it's very similar. But everybody would be, be like, Yeah, it'd be very trippy. You look out the window and, like, the clouds would just be exotic. Waving back at you. Creatures and stuff, yeah. Trying to eat the plane. Howdy, partner. <laughs> yeah, just waving at you. Where me. are you headed? You going to Texas, I'm man? I'm going down to East West Texas to see some frantic cattle. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm going to rain some meat on there oh. later. Oh. <laughs> it all interconnects. Huh. That's about it for drugs. I can't think of any others. I mean, you could aerosolize alcohol, which would give people great ideas. Yeah. Or make everybody sleepy. Or angry. Yeah. Just crush up some, uh, or just a bunch of melatonin, I guess. Everybody sleeps. That would be good for an international flight. You don't even need flight attendants at that point. Reset everyone's circadian rhythm in the process. Yeah, right. right. I mean, that's actually a good point. How how long until we have automated flight attendants where it's just a little robot, you like pull out an app, punch right, in what like you a, want? A tray could literally drive itself down the aisle right now, and you just reach over and grab what you want. Well, and there's no reason they couldn't install like a special track that the robot like locked into, so right. it could not fall out. Right, yeah, I suppose you'd have to just in case of turbulence, but... You could literally have, like, one flight attendant in the back that would be loading all of the orders onto the thing. You could queue them up right before, or, like, during, or at any point during the flight, and then just at some point, all of a sudden, your meal, or your drink, or your whatever shows up, and... Also, I just had a question, but then I thought of the answer already. I was going to say, why don't they just... So, you, they have that option where you push a button to call a flight attendant. They right. could easily get rid of that, put a little microphone there... You just push a record button, talk to the attendant, tell them what you need. But I think the reason they don't have that is having a person come talk to you, say if you're having an issue, is just more comforting. Right. Like, hi, the acid that I got at the (laughs) the beginning of this flight is not sitting well. Can you help me? Yeah. Can you hold me uh, and tell me I'm a good person? (laughs) I didn't realize I was flying acid air tonight, (laughs) and I took acid before the flight, and now I am (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Now I am as high as the moon. Yeah. <laughs> We're not supposed to be flying that high. This thing only flies at 15,000 feet. Well, when you're on SpaceX Air, anything can happen. <laughs> SpaceX acid air. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we to get Elon to sponsor this. Acid <laughs> Air, the airline of the future. <laughs> that's it for acid air. And that's also it for today's episode of Four Drink Think Tank. We hope you enjoyed the intellectual insanity and drunken brilliance of our discussions. Remember, the only thing better than a good idea is a good idea with a little booze in it. If you have any bizarre ideas, crackpot theories, or just want to say hi, reach out to us on social media using the hashtag 4DrinkThinkTank. That is hashtag 4DrinkThinkTank. And who knows, your crazy idea might just become the, might just become the next big thing. So until next time, keep the drinks flowing and the ideas coming. Cheers, and don't forget to stay curious.